Welcome to the Persistence You podcast with Lisbeth, and that's you as in university. But we're much more of a community here. I'm your host, Lisbeth Meredith, author, speaker, and online teacher. Each week, I'll be delivering stories from amazing survivors and strivers, all threaded together with a dose of persistence. So glad you're listening. Well, how is your 2022 going? It is January the 12th as I record this part of the podcast. And I just wanted to announce that Good Pods has said that I made their most downloaded list, the top 100, actually like number 30, in the relationship category. And I'm telling you this because it's not a small thing for me, and it means that you all are listening, and I really appreciate when you give the podcast some stars and that you refer it to friends. It just makes me so happy. It's not a small amount of work to do this, so I'm really, really grateful that you appreciate it. Thanks so much. Also this week, I am talking to a terrific guest, and as we were talking and I was getting comfortable, I did mention one of my adult daughter's uh, specific medical diagnosis, and I just wanted to let you know that I let her know that and that I would edit it out of the podcast if she was more comfortable, and so it's easy to edit those things out. It's also easy to get loose lips and think, oh, I'm just talking to a good friend, not realizing that I was sharing her protected information. So I got permission. I'm moving forward with it. And I didn't name which daughter it was. So there we are then. Thanks again. Hope you enjoy this. Welcome, persisters and brothers, to another episode of Persistence You with Lisbeth. Today, I am super happy to be joined by Krista Fairbrother, who's patching in from Florida right now. Krista is has a terrific career and she'll tell you all about it, but it began with some autoimmune diseases. And we know that those are things that can impact young people. Like one of my daughters, in fact, in her twenties was diagnosed, but also those are things that tend to get worse with time. And yet Krista has found a way to live a life that is pretty spectacular and without pain or with much less pain. So I want to have her talk to you about the amazing information that she can help you with because it's all accessible information to you that can really make a difference in your life. Krista, tell us a little bit about your early diagnosis and what it meant to you and then now the career that you have to remedy some of the effects. Excellent. Thank you for being here. It's lovely. Thank you for being here. I am so thrilled that you're here. Yeah. I am an aqua yoga coach and trainer, and as Elizabeth mentioned, I currently live in Florida, which is a great place to do that. We are blessed with so many pools and good weather, and you mentioned my journey with autoimmune disease, and for me, it's actually been kind of a lifetime journey. I had symptoms when I was a kid, but it was just kind of explained away as other things, so I had a regular, you know, life like other people and was not diagnosed until almost 40 after the birth of my second child. And then my health really deteriorated. Hmm. And when that, you know, when your health deteriorates and at the, while it felt sudden in terms of a diagnosis, it really, in some ways was a relief because it really brought into focus why I'd been having these struggles. And you mentioned, you know, your daughter was diagnosed young 
which is uncommon. Most people listening are probably going to hear that like, oh yeah, it took me 20 years too to get a diagnosis. That's really very common. It can make you feel crazy. Am I right? You know, you have these symptoms, you have real medical problems, and yet it seems like you're a hypochondriac. There's just nothing to suggest that there's some disease a doctor can fix. And and I think for her, my daughter was in her 20s. She'd had symptoms since she was much younger too. But one of the doctors said to her, very nice person, but he said off the cuff, you can't have one of his things he said was fibromyalgia. Uh, That's for fat dump dumpy uh sexual assault victims and so you know you're really fit and very young that's not a thing for you and then it turned out it was and he actually minimized the people that live with that it's right wrong on so many levels It, it was just one of those statements that i think he probably later really good you know, doctor, but I think you probably later thought maybe that wasn't the best phraseology, but, but he, he brought up a point that I think people think about, which is like, no, that, that just doesn't exist. And that can't really affect you. It's just this scattershot of symptoms. So tell us about that. And exactly. And, and to speak to what you're, you're talking to of those healthcare providers, they have a person in front of them who doesn't meet that mold. So at the time, you know, I'm going to these healthcare providers, I'm shoeing horses. I was a farrier. So for People who don't know, you know, those horseshoes that horses wear, somebody still has to put those on. And it is a very physically demanding job. So I was very fit, working very hard. And then I was having these troubles, which for me really manifested in getting cold. So I'm outside working in cold barns and having these problems. And yet I'm shooting horses. So so that disconnect is of you're exactly right. It's like, well, what do you present looking as and what is our perceptions of what these diseases are? And I think that really speaks to partly like why I now enjoy what I do, which is the yoga in the pool, because it's who is yoga for and who's able to do it, right? So I've kind of come full circle into that. So um, yeah, so sort of circle back around in terms of how did I make this happen? I went to yoga teacher training after my kids went to school, both in school. It was like, okay, I have been doing yoga now at the time for 20 years. This is really important to me. I think I really want to take it to the next level. I actually had a lupus diagnosis at that time. And in yoga teacher training, I got a different diagnosis. Turns out I have a whole bunch more autoimmune diseases too. I'm having a party and decided to go immediately to yoga for arthritis training because it was like, hey, if I'd managed to shoe horses and do all this stuff for this many years, despite these problems, the yoga was really something that was successful for me as a self-management tool. And it was really inspiring for me to help other people who live with arthritis and autoimmune conditions. At the Yoga for Arthritis teacher training, I met another yoga teacher who did yoga in the pool. It was a weekly wine and yoga pool night. <laughs> and it was like, oh my God, why have I never heard of this? It's kind of like Because you could I drown. <laughs> no, 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 we're out, we keep our heads out, right? Um, it's, so no matter how much wine you have, you're still doing the yoga, so your head is on top. Um, so I immediately went to aqua yoga teacher training and that's really what has stuck for me. And, and really what I find is yes, who people who live with autoimmune diseases and arthritis is the water is just such a forgiving environment that it really helps us and is a great equalizer. So, you know, those people who might meet this doctor's perception of what, who has a disease versus somebody who absolutely no way walking down the street, you would think has this disease. They can both get in the pool and have a really successful session and find some exercise and stress management that really helps them. And that's really what I love so much about the discipline. That is so terrific. It just doesn't put the stress on a person's joints 
exactly. that, uh, you know, it could on land, different exercise does on land. So, I mean, I think yoga is wonderful. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm a very balanced, challenged person at clumsy, another word for that. And, uh, but I think in the water, I used to do water aerobics. So I can't imagine how great it would be to try yoga in the water because you, I think it is more forgiving. It is. And, and something as simple as take, we take it for granted that you can get on and off the ground. Right. Well, depending on what kind of arthritis you live with and, or if you have a joint replacement, well, that might be off the table or something as simple as arthritis in your hands or carpal tunnel. As soon as you lose your hands, so to speak, and that ability to bear a lot of weight in your forearms, then regular yoga isn't going to work for you either. And that can happen to people at a, a diverse range of ages. So what happens is when we lose our ability to do these things and we try and go to a regular yoga class and that doesn't work, the only alternative is chair yoga. And so for a lot of us, we don't really, we have an association with chair yoga. I love chair yoga. I don't think it's all for old people. However, a lot of people do. And so then it just becomes this big barrier where well, yoga is just out for me, right. which is a shame because there's a lot that all of us can get from the practice. And so it is this great intermediate step where you can take people who maybe can't do land yoga for a physical reason and people who do land yoga, put them together and they both get a good experience. And it's very balanced, a very balanced challenge practice. You mentioned your balance. It's like, yes, it, even if you have very good balance, you'd be surprised by how much the water tosses you around. And so you're working hard as well. You are working hard. I think water gives you so much resistance and so it's almost like you're lifting weights when you never meant to when you're in the water. So when I used to do water aerobics, I remember thinking back in the day, I think I started in my late 30s, but you know, it sounded like something for old people. I think of the movie Cocoon, mm -hmm. um, a classic film on aging, really. And, you know, I thought, oh, this is going to be nothing. This is ridiculous. And I was exhausted when I get out of water aerobics because there's really fantastic you know, resistance and it's, exactly. it feels like a good workout with, without the associated pain of a land workout. Yes. So that's um, a great observation about it. And it speaks exactly to the science because you're talking about the resistance. We think about moving through air. So we're exerting one, um, excuse me, muscular effort in one direction. So only against gravity. You know, if you pretend that you have something in your hand and you curl that object like your barbell up towards your shoulder, that's okay, I'm resisting gravity. That's where I'm going to get some muscular effort. But in the water, it's both directions because you're talking about like aqua aerobics. You put something buoyant in your hand. Now, when you bring it up towards the surface of the water, you're having to resist the buoyancy and, and to control it. And then when you take it back down, it's like, okay, now I'm applying this buoyancy and getting muscular effort in both directions. So it's a really good workout as well as when you talk about joint pain and because of the resistance, as soon as I stop moving all, all, excuse me, exerting all that effort, all movement stops. So it's not like there's that gravity is continuing to pull on me and going to make me stumble that another step forward or something that I'm expecting to hurt. So it, it really does reduce pain. But then, yes, also give you that really good workout. And there's a lot of people these days working in the aquatics field, trying to break down those barriers about this idea that aquatic exercise is only for seniors because it is a really good workout. A lot of the professional sports teams are actually cross training these days in the water. So it's, it is this great equalizer. You can get in and be a professional athlete and really work your hiney off. You can also be somebody who um, I've worked with people who are amputees, 
who are deaf, who are blind, right? You can also accommodate those people who have some pretty high demand needs who might not think you might not think of their abilities on land as being equal to that professional athlete. And you get them in the pool. It's like, Hey, we're going to do the same stuff. I love it. So it's very, very accessible. The only, of course, the downfall is many people, like I used to live in Alaska. Many people don't live next to an array of pools, especially outdoor pools. But when they do, you know, maybe at their local Y or whatever, this is a great new thing to recommend getting, getting this service. Right. And keep in mind, yeah, for all aqua aerobics exercises. So it's called head out water exercise. It's not swimming. You do not have to be able to swim. If you're going to a public pool and you're a little fearful about the water, remember there's always a lifeguard who literally has your back, right? Lots of women, a lot of things I hear is, well, I'm not getting in the water because my hair and what that's going to do to my hair. (laughs) Right. So wear a swim cap, right? It really, it doesn't, your, what your hair looks like when you get out, if that's what matters to you, just make sure you cover it up and don't let that be a barrier to your workout in some capacity. It's not necessarily swimming. You don't have to get wet and uh, it can preserve your hair. (laughs) I love that. Hair is an investment. If you're getting your hair colored like I do, it is truly an investment. So I get that. And a lot of, it's not just an investment in money. It's also can be investment in time, especially like for African-American women who once they get that chlorine in their hair and they've maybe already spent a couple hours in the beauty parlor and it's going to take them an hour and a half when they're done to get out of the pool. That was maybe only a 45 minute class. And now you're having to invest an hour in your hair to go back to work. That really is a barrier. So just cover it up. Don't let it get wet. (laughs) Such a good point. Such a good point. I love that. So when did you see, start seeing some difference? Because you mentioned before, when we talked, you felt like autoimmune disease can bring pain. It can bring fatigue overwhelm. Yes. You know, I think f- for my daughter, sometimes a sense of real depression and hopelessness, because when you are younger, well, I don't know if there's any age that we appreciate a lot of pain, but when it's misunderstood mm-hmm. by so many people, that's just even worse. It's isolating. Yeah. So when did you start noticing a difference? I think, well, for me, it's, it's slightly different because I did not come to yoga after my diagnosis and then use it as a real transformational aha moment because it's something that had always been in my life. And so I can't really give it that credit of there was a physical like, oh, I was in so much pain and then I wasn't. Yep. Yep. <laughs> physically, it has always been there for me. But what it really has done for me where I can say, okay, now this has really been a benefit is when you talk about the life management skills you need to hopefully be successful as somebody who lives with chronic illness and to be that persistent person who keeps showing up for how you want to be in life, not necessarily what you feel like your limitations with your disease are, you need some good tools. And basically when I started yoga and then the first style of yoga I started in, it was very much a physical practice. So yoga was just a fun way to get some exercise that involves a lot of breathing and a little meditation, but that the whole aspect of yoga philosophy and really what yoga offers as a full program really wasn't covered. So the longer I went in yoga and the more I found out about it, it was like, Oh, wait a second. There's all these other things about yoga that aren't about the poses and look how much those impact my life with chronic disease. So really it's the yoga philosophy, the breath and the meditation that will serve you whatever stage you're at in life. So there is a 
great colleague I have, his name is Jeevan Heyman, and he founded an organization called Accessible Yoga. And their goal of this nonprofit is literally to make yoga accessible to anybody. And he likes to say, if you have a body and you can breathe, you can do yoga. I love no, that. Nowhere in there is there anything really about moving other than the movement your your body makes when you breathe, right? So if you are an alive being who can breathe, you can do yoga. And how that becomes really freeing is it doesn't matter where you are in this physical expression of a certain pose. A lot of people know tree pose. That's the one where you stand on one leg and bend one knee up, maybe raise your arms. And it does look a little bit like a tree. Very fun. But if you live in a wheelchair, does that mean you can't do tree pose? It's like, well, wait a second. You know, that's, it's just going to look different for you where you're at today. And we can get a little worked up about these names in terms of, oh, well, it's got to look a certain way to be tree pose. It's like, well, what, what do you want tree pose to be about? Do you want it to be, have that sense of, you know, reaching for the sun and being light and airy? That's an expression we can all get to, even in our attitude that doesn't involve physical activity. And so that's really, for me, been the, the more long-term gift of yoga and how I continue to use it in disease management. Because, you know, today we're talking about persistence. If you're trying to operate from that place of persistence where, you know, every day has something to offer you, it doesn't necessarily look the same every day. So I may not get a physical practice in, but I can still do my yoga. And that's really what has helped me come to realize. That is so terrific. And how about your clients? Do you actually physically now in Florida get to see people in the outdoor pool? Because I imagine that's one of those ways that you can get exercise without being too close in proximity during this crazy time. Exactly. So COVID and and different people have different attitudes about the politics of COVID. So I'm not going to get back into that. I will just recap the history of here in Florida. We were back at our activities very soon. <laughs> so yes. we were locked out of the gym and, and things shut down very quickly. But then um, in pools, we were allowed to reopen within a matter okay, of weeks. It does so make sense. It's fresh air. Yeah, it's outside and we maintained our social distancing. I no longer um, get in the pool with people. I used to sometimes teach from the pool deck, sometimes teach in the water. I'm now only on the pool deck to help maintain that space. Um, and there was some limits on class sizes. And, sure. and as you speak to, some pools are different sizes, but it is a safe way to exercise. Uh, chlorine does kill COVID very quickly, very effectively. So the idea of you just do a quick rinse of the props and there's not a lot of sharing, you know, and it's, we're not like all breathing in this enclosed environment. Um, indoor pools have had a much tougher time of it. The, the pools in Canada were closed for a very long time, as you can imagine. So as, as you spoke to, one of the biggest barriers to access to aqua yoga is just access to a pool. And so this, again, that really helps with this idea of, well, what is yoga? Is Does it really have to be about the poses and being in the water? No, not entirely, because and I do make this clear with my people when we talk about, hey, yoga in the pool. It's like, hey, we're doing this here today in the pool because I know you're going to go all home and do this at home. And that's where it really matters. Right. You're not trying to be good at yoga in the one day a week. You might go to a class. You're trying to be better in your life. So you're trying to take those skills and get them out of the pool. And that's really where the rubber meets the road for anybody in a yoga practice. I like that because. It really isn't about how great we look, how great we perform. This is something that we're doing for ourselves and will very potentially keep us healthy for a longer period of time if we prioritize that. And it's easier to prioritize it when we're not worried about all of the other things that go with exercise. You know, am I doing it right? Am I wearing the right thing? 
Are people judging right. me? You know, well, and, and notice those are exact. Those are all covered in yoga philosophy. That idea of it's more about other people than it is about me. Right. right. So uh, just for people, since we, you know, we don't have time today to go through all the yoga philosophy. The one people can really think about is to stay in your lane. Right. You're you're literally in a pool. You've got a lap lane. Stay in your lane. What the person in the other lane is wearing or how fast they're swimming. It doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> and that is actually yoga philosophy. But people can really relate to that. It's like, oh, I've heard that on, or I've seen that on a bumper sticker. Oh, stay in my lane. OK. <laughs> yeah. I think that's great. That's terrific. Well, where can people find out more about you and your yoga practice and maybe even see a video and get freebies? Yes. So it's easiest to find me on my website, which is just my name, Krista, C-H-R-I-S-T-A, Fairbrother, Epheson Frank, A-I-R, Brother, all one word. And I have, yes, lots of free videos out there and they can sign up to get a get started kit. So if you have access to a pool somewhere, you can take that information and try out some aqua yoga. I love that. I think that sounds just terrific. I also think maybe in the show notes, we'll put your friend's link about accessible yoga. That would right. be really helpful because a lot of people, if you don't have access to a pool, but you are very interested in this idea of yoga and how it can help in your disease management, you might be able to find an accessible yoga teacher in your community easier than a pool. So that would be very helpful. I'll make sure you get that. Fantastic. I really appreciate that you've come today to tell us about this, Krista. That's terrific. You're welcome. And you I, I watched your video. And I I thought, oh man, I wish I lived in uh, Florida so that I could be a little closer and go. That looks just up my alley. Not daunting, not intimidating, but really a great way to show up and, you know, prioritize health. It is. Yes. Something one can do for oneself at any stage of their life, ideally. I love that. Accessible is important. Thanks so much. And I will uh, talk to you later and I wish you all the best. Thank you so much. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you so much for listening today. If you've enjoyed the show, please follow. And if you've really, really enjoyed it, tell a friend and go ahead and give us a review. I'll see you next week. Proud member of the Podnuga Network.